0: Now it is time to get to a person, well, legend of the game, really, and I don't say that lightly, a man who knows a lot about prelim finals because he went to seven of them, seven in a row. His name is Dennis Pagan. Dennis, thanks so much for your time again. Yeah, good morning, Kane. How are you? I'm great. Is it the best weekend on the footy calendar, Dennis, prelim final weekend? Is it the last one where the true fans are there and uh, the atmosphere is you know, the best it will be all year?
1: Pretty special atmosphere this time of the year, and uh, you know, a lot of times the grand finals have been fizzers, but the preliminary finals, I <laughs> think over the journey, have been really uh, tightly fought contests. And geez, I'm looking forward to uh, both games, and uh, it should be an exciting weekend for uh, people who like Australian football.
2: I know it feels like a lifetime ago, Dennis, but are there any? Are there any? At moments that still sit in your mind. There was a couple early in the '90s that uh, that I'm I'm sure you've you've heard about time and time again. But uh, what about the coach? Does he ever wake at night thinking about uh, lost opportunities?
1: He only thought of one opportunity lost um, was one day out at Waverley. Uh, number number 30, thirty-two minutes into the last quarter, number thirty-four had the ball. There was twelve seconds to go. And he put it on the ground and combed his hair and waved to his nana in the crowd and uh, went back and had his kick. We could have avoided a uh, uh, extra time if he had a kick that early. I can't remember the guy's name. No, but that frustrated me. And I, what was I he in thinking, Dennis? It in the coach's box. <laughs> I
0: mean that that he could kick the ball eighty five meters. What What was he thinking? What? It wasn't 85. If he
1: only got on one of his torps, someone could have punched him through. But, no, nah, Kingy wanted, wanted to parade around a little bit and uh, take his time and sweat uh, the to play to an agonising, what, seven minutes each way. Gee, talk about pressure.
2: Only been 30 years. Um, <laughs> <laughs> there was one, the, uh, the ball floated over the top of Mickey Martin's hand to Gary Albert. That game, Dennis, was... Was riddled with opportunities. I know that's one that gets brought up a lot when uh, people are playing great games of the nineties.
1: Yeah, look, we were uh, had our backs against the wall in '94. Uh, I thought with injuries, uh, um, Wayne played with a torn calf muscle, um, albeit a soleus muscle, not a gastroc. But he how he was able to play, and that game against uh, Geelong was exciting. You know, you you, th- you sit back and you think about it if. If only Glenn Archer had gone short instead of going long and John Barnes marked it and uh, Lee Tudor, who we coached and I had a lot to do with him under-19s and uh, uh, a bodgy left-foot kick over Nick's head. Um, I reckon we could have probably won it that year if we had have uh, got in there, but it, uh, it wasn't to be it. It was a very frustrating, heartbreaking uh,
2: uh, into a terrific season. To get back to sort of serious, the serious side of coaching, we're looking at Chris Fagan at the moment. He's made a couple of t- tough calls throughout the course of the season and they've put a line through Jack Payne just being really open and up front this week, Dennis. You had to make a couple of tough calls the next week in, in your uh, coaching journey through the Premiership era of the 90s to leave players out of grand finals. I know it's not preliminary final week, but it's, it's immediately after. How, how tough are those decisions as a coach?
1: I don't think you'll ever make uh, tougher decisions, David. I I still uh, um, uh, think about Matthew Armstrong. We dropped um, 96, and I reckon when I sit back and uh, think about it now, it's probably the uh, um, wrong call. We we opted to go with a young fella who left the club uh, 12 months later and went to uh, Fremantle, and um, Matty Armstrong um, uh, was crushed by the decision, and... um, you know, I don't think he's ever forgiven me, and he certainly uh, doesn't send Christmas cards, I can tell you that much. Mm.
0: Mm.
2: It, it's a tough call. It, it is a it is a ruthless business, though. You, you've always said that. You've, you've kept your eye on footy, albeit from a, a bit of a distance, Dennis. How do you see these two games unfolding?
1: Well, it's going to be interesting. I, I think you really find out a bit about, uh, about Craig McRae and uh, Chris Fagan. Um, it, it, they've played one game in four weeks, how do you manage the physical side of the things and the the mental side and the expectations. I don't care what anyone thinks. Collingwood would in their first final and go straight in the preliminary final. Got four weeks before they play again. I've got no doubt some of those young fellas would be thinking about premierships and thinking about, um, you know, grand finals and that sort of stuff. And probably the same with a lot of the Brisbane boys. So it's going to be a real true test. And I noticed that Craig McRae did a bit of... uh, Um, uh, physical work and I I haven't seen much footage on Brisbane but uh, Mm. how those two coaches manage expectations of the players you know and you you look at it and you think there are good home and away coaches and there are good finals coaches and there are good premiership coaches and you find out a bit more about each particular person I've got no doubt that that Craig and Chris are, are both outstanding coaches but you'll find out a bit more about them because you know, it, it's a, a tough assignment to get to a grand final and another even tougher one to, to win one. The best side doesn't win. It's the best side on the day. So mm. how do you know that? I don't know if you can remember, David. I used to always say, oh, if we haven't finalised the side, boys. Bring your mouth guards to train. It's going to be on for young <laughs> and old. And on the off week, we'd have match practice and I'd tell all the boys, You've got to play four, we're going to play four 20-minute quarters and... Um, you just make sure you go your hardest. Make sure you submit your spot, and we go twenty minutes. And then I tell the bloke, uh, next quarter make it ten, third quarter make it seven. And then, then I'd say to the boys, okay, we've done enough. You're trained super. We called it off, and um, our guys were ready to go because they they were obviously nervous about playing. Her practice match you're sure you you go out on the training track as a coach with a rosary beads in your pocket you're worried about people getting injured
2: we knew Dennis but, we knew when it got shut down we knew that if someone <laughs> ran near Wayne at any sort of speed it was stopped immediately
1: no 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 I always told Wayne just play five minutes and go and practice your golf that's, <laughs> that's the way it used to work out
0: it's an unbelievable insight, Dennis. I, I, I love hearing your stories. Can I ask you about how you've observed Michael Voss? Because unless you've been there and you've been in that hot seat and you are four wins after round 13 and everyone's coming for you, you wouldn't have any idea what it's like to experience that. You have. How have you seen his leadership and the leadership of those around him this year?
1: Well, I, I'm, I'm amazed because I catch at the same club. And mm. um, I just think... Uh, I don't know what turned it around. Um, you know, whether I read about the boys going to Ed Kerno's place at Torquay, and I don't know. They were last year. They were playing fast. They were playing inside. Their attack on the ball was strong. They were good at the the the, the contest. Then they lost it. And the first part of this year, they're playing slow, square. Um, weren't as strong with their attack on the ball. All of a sudden, it changed. They won a heap in a row. Um, you, you, to have good leadership, and Carlton's a football club that hasn't always been like that. They've had strong leaders, but they're quite ruthless and perhaps didn't understand uh, what it was all about. But uh, you take your hat off to Luke Sayers and uh, um, Brian Cook, um, regardless of the criticism. And you know, I still don't know what's caused the change from going faster, by going inside, by getting better at clearances and contested ball wins and getting players' confidence up. It's an amazing thing how it's all happened. They'll go in nowhere. Then mm. um, all of a sudden, uh, they won a heap on a trot, and they're in the um, preliminary final
0: with a real good chance of uh, getting to a grand final. One thing you can't control from the coaches' box is the accuracy of your players, and, and Melbourne fans are heartbroken by the opportunities that they had and squandered the 98 grand final, the 6-15 in the, in the first half to go on, and lose that thirty shots at goal, but to kick eight twenty two, H- how do you approach that? Like you just sit there pulling well, your hair out, I guess. No, no, I reckon you can't control that. If you if you bring the now, ball so... in and you always you always go
1: wide cane, mm. uh, your chances are you're not going to kick as many goals. If you, you, know, I don't reckon you have to be a rocket scientist to work out that the most goals in AFL football. A kick from naught to thirty directly in front. Mm-hmm. Now sides are probably paranoid about getting it in there quickly because they're scared of turnovers. But if you've got your best players where the action is, back back your own players to win it enough times. And whether it's a a free kick, a stumble, a handball receive, a mark, kick off the ground, you've got a chance from naught to thirty out. But if you're on the boundary line and you've you've got a mark or a free kick or a stumble or a handball receive, still still pretty tough shot. The kickoff from the angle, and you only got to look up where Melbourne uh, um, uh, have, have a lot of their shots. If you're out wide, you're going to kick a lot of behinds, and I think if you look the records up, I think mm. you find they've kicked a lot of uh, points from out wide close to the boundary.
2: A teammate of ours or mine, Dennis, used to say, well, when you just kick it through the big sticks, just kick it through the big sticks. <laughs> but I won't mention any names there. Hey, you've had a couple of runners in the last couple of weeks, Dennis. You had Georgie Get Mad run on the uh, on Wednesday and run a place. Hey, you got you got a couple built for the spring and we got a few ready to go?
1: Look, Georgia get mad's my only white hope at the moment. To get beaten by uh, 10 inches on Wednesday was heartbreaking. But anyway, we, uh, uh, we lived to five nights. I've got a lot of babies and had a terrible run with injuries and um, such sensitive animals. But anyway, if it was easy, everyone would be doing it. And uh, um, I'm just uh, living the dream and... Um, making a, a food of myself in my own lunch, lunch box and no
2: one can see me. Georgie get mad, Johnny get angry. I've got some nominations for some other horses that you might want to go with in the next uh, in the next batch. Turn it up, son. I think you have to name one Turn it up, son, just for old time's sake. Yeah. If she had whiskers, Dennis, has to be one. I'm not sure whether it, yeah, <laughs> whether yeah, it's sure. an, an entire or not. Uh, and size 10 hat, size 14 head. I think you have to get that, <laughs> that one.
1: In there somewhere. Wish We should have told me I
2: like that one. <laughs> he used to say that to he used to say that to the boys that come back from state of origin. Have a look at you, size ten hat, size fourteen head. <laughs> oh,
0: brilliant, uh, Dennis. We could do it honestly for hours, but uh, we, we just appreciate oh, you. Just a no, really quick one. We Want lost more? a
2: couple of North Melbourne uh, greats oh, of course. Yes. and some VFL AFL um, Hall of Famers, Dennis. I know you'd love to quickly give us your thoughts on Ron Barassi and John Ibrahimo, a man who had a lot to do with your early early days of coaching.
1: Yeah, look, it's terrific uh, You know, Barassi. You, when you when you're playing under him, you think he's the hardest bloke in the world, and you know you you, you think of the three the three quarter time and quarter try the dresses pushing young kids up the front because Barassi used to spray the spittle everywhere. He pushed them at the front, but you know, even when I started coaching, the things that he said to me just ringing in my ears when I'm coaching and probably one of the biggest things that he said and I think it's probably the biggest weakness uh, in, in our country and I always remember it, accept responsibility for your own actions, never blame anybody else, no excuses no alibis, just fix the problem yourself and I reckon we'd be a lot better off as individuals because so many people blame others and I'm glad you are uh, glad you mentioned Johnny Ibram uh, Johnny Ibram was a tough half horde for the for the uh, kangaroos when I first started off as a 18 or 19-year-old. And when I finished up, he was appointed coach of North Melbourne under-19s. And uh, I just finished uh, captain and coach in the VFA with Yarrawal And Ron Joseph rang me and said, come down, we'll have a, a chat. So he said, would you help out, Johnny, would you? I said, yeah, I'll do that for you. At the end of the first year, um, I said to Ron, I can still remember sitting up in... Uh, um, Albert Mantello's office at Victoria Street, West Melbourne, with uh, with Ryman. Um, my senior coach was there at the time, and um, they said to me, uh, oh, thanks for the year, and I said, well, thanks for having me, but I've got to try and find a coaching position myself. Well, Johnny Iberman was in the room also, and, and uh, I said, I'll see you later, boys. All the best. Um, and I walked down the stairs to go out. Next minute, they've called me back. Johnny Iberman had said to... Uh, um, uh, Rod Joseph and Albert Mantello uh, Dennis is a much better coach than me, he should be coach and he virtually resigned and uh, wow. I started off my coaching career there and it's something I'll never forget about Johnny He he's a very tough player a real true Shimboner, boner and um, I'll never forget him
0: on that note, Dennis, uh, we will leave it. Enjoy the footy over the weekend. Um, good luck with everything that uh, you are doing at the moment with the horses. We just love getting on the program and reliving it, as do our audience, and we appreciate it. On you, Dan. Thanks for having us, Kane. All the best, David. See you soon, son. Tada! Bye. Dennis Pagan there, and there was about ten gold nuggets in that interview. That it's, if you love football, beauty. you will find. Oh, honestly, it's one of the one of the better, most enjoyable interviews I've done. Uh, this year, well, what a football person he is. That was all thanks to AirPower, your defence against downtime. Power is going to keep you running on compressed air. We're here for Chemist Warehouse. Mario on the team, magnificent heading there for great savings every day. And we're in the Kogan Money Credit Card Studio, a great value card pack, packed with rewards and no annual fee. Dennis Pagan, our guest.